You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 181, recorded November 15th, 2023. The topic for this episode is Sororicide, part one. I am your host for this episode, and my name is Orchid. And I am Elemist. Hello. Yo. Yo. I have some podcast info for you. If you'd like to say hello to us, please do so at Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at Hey It's Orchid. You can tweet at Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. We are at Blue Sky, Instagram, and threads at Guardians of Lore. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. And you can find us in our Discord at discord.gg slash lorehub. There's also a link to... Uh, uh what is it called invitation that's the word uh in the <laughs> description of this podcast i suddenly just forgot how to english okay sometimes it happens <laughs> uh you can leave a five-star review for us at apple podcasts don't mention that i don't know how to english um that helps people find us and we really appreciate it if you'd like to support the podcast that so we can continue to pay rindle and allow him to wear shoes and socks um, you can visit ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Every little bit helps. Um, thanks again to our subscribers, Falaragna, Linkman22, Doom, Firebird, Finlay Potato, Unnamed Guardian, Lesson 3, and we have two new subscribers, um, Sleeve, Jobs, and Haxlord. So thank you so much. We super appreciate you guys you have yeah, done do. so much to help us oh my god and also thank you for your amazing donation davy um just the best thank you so much um i don't know what to say thanks it, it totally we, made my day we appreciate it more than you you guys can realize seriously just like oh my gosh thank you um donning cards if any of you would like a donning card Please tell us by mid-December. Um, we, we request a $5 donation or the lowest tier subscription. Um, that is also $5. It helps pay for the weird one-off purchases that we have to make throughout the year, like Adobe. Um, yeah. <laughs> like Adobe Audition is really expensive. And we have like a bunch of subscriptions and stuff that we have to pay for. Making podcasts is weirdly expensive. Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. Who would have thought? So <laughs> that really helps us out. Uh, it's also this usual monthly subscriptions help us actually pay Rendell so he can like edit the podcast. We don't just hold him and do slave labor. We actually do pay him. So I mean, it's still slave labor, but, you know. I, it's less slave labor now because we do pay him now. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's not actual slave labor like last time. Uh, but it, it let us know. Um, we're going to send out a sheet and everything so we can get people's addresses and things. But yeah. So if you'd like a card, um, send me a DM in Discord too. So anything like that. If you have any questions, 
Um, lastly, you can find our info on I don't like where this is going. Alongside many impressive lore content creators. And I believe that we're still there. No, 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 no. Probably. I don't know. It's Wednesday. I have no idea. I've been notified that we're still there. Stop! Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad you've been notified. <laughs> Sometimes I have no idea. Um, this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twoggle, um, the game has been delayed or nah. I mean, Bungie now says nah. So, sus question mark. Yeah, I, I've i got a feeling that it's it's going to be a last minute push. Do you think so? I don't even know at this point. Like... like like it's going to get to January and they're going to be like, oh, we need more time. What? Why would they do that? That makes no I, sense. I don't know. Do you think they're going to announce it being delayed after the season starts? I do. Or after next season, you know, season of the wish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's that's gonna what I mean happen. next season. It's going to happen after the season starts. But I have a feeling they're going to wait for the holidays to to be done with. Before they announce it. Hey guys, editing Rindle here. It's uh, been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, well over two weeks since this episode was recorded. Oh boy. Listen, moving is really hard. Back on November the 27th, it was officially announced that the final shape is being delayed to June of 2024. Uh, we were really hoping that it was going to be able to stay on track, but at the end of the day, it's really just a big case of it is what it is. All three of us are of the opinion that we would rather see the expansion delayed and made into the best version of itself that it can possibly be. And the truth of the matter is, lore-wise, we've got tons of ground to cover. So we'll still be here and we'll still keep doing what we've been doing while we wait. We'll see you on the other side. Anyways, back to the show. It's just kind of wild shit to me. Like, I I don't know. After all the problems they've had and then the rumors of the game being delayed and then they're like, no, 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 we're on schedule. It's going to be fine. And all of a sudden, right. are you sure? Are you OK, Budgie? Like, blink once if you're in you know danger. <laughs> like, Guys, it's OK. We'd rather it take more time than have you guys rush it out the door yeah yeah absolutely i'm okay like, with it taking more time especially since this is the, the culmination of the saga like this is the expansion that we've been building towards for the last five years you know like this needs to be good so that's the whole reason yeah because it's the culmination of everything so like if they need time just let us know we'll be happy with it yeah or, you know, don't like what they're doing. Just be really silent and don't say anything. <laughs> Lol. Um, we also got our first twab or whatever twid. I'm not going to call it a twid. I'm going to call it a twab. Fuck you, Bungie. Show me them twitties. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I'm gonna, it's a twab. It's a twab forever. Um, <laughs> it was like the most corporate speak I've ever read in my entire life. It's like ChatGPT wrote it. I, I was about to say that. I, I think that they actually did have ChatGPT write it. I swear they were like, ChatGPT, write us a twab. <laughs> and then they had like, the only thing that read as like a real person writing it was the Crucible stuff. 
And yeah. I swear Mercules wrote that. It sounded like Mercules. Probably. Because I have listened to Destiny Massive Breakdowns for so long. It sounded just like him. But the Crucible changes all look super good. I'm very stoked about uh, Sparrows in the Crucible actually being a thing and them embracing it. I'm ready to run people over because that was really fun when that was a bug. And it's it's specifically going to be a new control version. Yeah. Like it's it's going to be control game mode mm-hmm. with Sparrows. I like the fact that they're leaning into it. Yeah, might as well. People enjoyed it. So it was fun and it was chaotic. It was good. But I mean, that's about it. Now the question <laughs> is like, are the maps going to be able to handle it? Oh, yeah. Because it'll be the long ones. It's going to be like disjunction. That one, you almost have to have a sparrow to get to the other side of the map. It's going to be the only time I'm going to want to play on disjunction. Right. I was about to say, like, I, I can see that map being perfect for it because it it's like it was horrible for other game modes, but I can see it being good for vehicle game modes. Like, I wish we had more vehicle game modes. Yeah. I'm not saying like big team battle Halo game modes, but just like I want to play with the tank and shoot people with it. You know, that would be a lot of fun. That was some of the most fun that I had in D1. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like that again. You know, going around just running in a tank. Mm -hmm. First person to the tank pretty much wins the match, you know? Yeah. Or you spend the rest of the match just trying to take the tank out. Like, it's. That was fun for me, but that was a lot of fun anyway. But yeah, so all the crucible changes sound good. I'm pretty excited about it. They had like updates about um, like matchmaking and the way trials is going to work. And like these are the things that are going to keep me playing the game when they have, you know, three month long delays. Right. It's not going to be like playing the seasonal content. Because there is going to be none. And I I think that's something that Bungie has forgotten is the fact that like when there's a content drought or, you know, there's a drop in like no more content or anything. It's Crucible that kept the game alive for a while. It really is. Yeah. And especially in D1. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm trying to stay positive because I've realized that. Like being negative about something just like isn't, at least for me, it's not healthy for me and it's not good for my outlook in the game because then I just focus on like all the bad things and I don't remember all the good things that we do have. Right. So I'm just trying to be like, yeah, you know, like we're going to get a new season. We're going to get new gameplay modes. We're probably going to have like Savathun Spire as a the GM, which will be bonkers and... You know, like we're going to have new weapons. We're going to have a I think we're getting a trace rifle in trials, which is cool. And that might mean more Shayera lore. So I'm into that. That was what I was hoping for. That's what I want. That's what I want is Shayera lore. But I mean, they did like not give a Shayera lore on one of the weapons this season because they put it on the freaking like stuff for festival of the haunted or whatever i'm wondering if those kind of just got mixed up i mean it it doesn't make sense that that it would have but like it was a pot like it was something that ran in my mind of like 
why does the Acosmic have Trials lore, but the Trials weapon doesn't? So, I don't know. Either way, uh, here's hoping for more Shire t- fire team lore. Oh my god, right? I'm, I'm hoping and praying for that. I need it so bad. I'm so addicted. This is like the one thing I want. So, uh, fingers crossed we get that. <laughs> fingers crossed we get a good story next season. I mean, it's the last season before... Um, the end of destiny essentially so it's gonna be a banger i mean the lore people know how to write bangers so and marasov is coming back so we know we love her god i love marasov so much she's so hot so it's gonna be good it's gonna be good oh yeah mm-hmm. dreaming city shit always gets me going so as long as we don't have to do like a marasena type book i'll be fine <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll be fine <laughs> I'll be fine. So, so no, uh, no purple pros. No like purple pros. Over, overly done. Maybe some like mauve pros, but not purple. It'll be fine. Do you want to go to I, Lauren Howard again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Lauren Network. Have you ever wished that someone could just read you the lore? Destiny Lore Audiophile may be just the podcast you've been looking for. Join us as we bring the stories of Destiny to life with straight readings of your favorite lore with no analysis or commentary, or as we breathe life into these tales with acting, sound effects, and music. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes at Destiny Lore Audiophile. Audiophile is spelled with a PH instead of an F. You can find both readings and radio dramatizations of selected lore books and web lores by talented voice actors from the Destiny community. Episode releases will be announced from our Twitter pages at HeyIt'sOrchid and at RendellZivas, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single performance. See you there. How's that? Definitely not mauve colored. Oh, I thought it was kind of pink. <laughs> pink ad. Uh, here's a brief intro to the topic. Sororicide is acquired by identifying the deck of whispers, major arcana cards at the lectern of divination located inside the Athenaeum throughout the season of the witch. It is a series of scriptures written from the perspectives of the surviving hive gods as they construct the eighth book of sorrow. I did not make that up. I found it on the internet and wrote it down in our show notes. (laughs) I am not that smart. Elvis, do you want to read the first one? Yeah. Okay, cool. And this is entry one. Eris Morn, Prolegomenon. Verse 8-1. The sisters. Thoughts calcify into action, and actions calcify into being. Such is the ontology of hive magic. Such is the deck of whispers that has unfolded beneath my hands. These cards are curious objects. Esoterica manifested by my power and the guardian's tithes. They have taken on our forms. 
myself, Savathun, and Zivu Wrath. Our loves and fears, our memories, our desires. Contemplate me. Contemplate the hive. These cards unsettle me. I did not wish to be unveiled so. But perhaps that is the consequence of my transformation. I am seen as I am, beneath my bandage, beneath my skin. So too are Zivu Arath and Savathun unveiled. Through these cards, we have found ourselves connected. Dear devoted sisters, and I, in Coet, but for the eyes I have stolen. I have deciphered the meanings of the cards, drawn from them the shapes of their reference. The whispers ask for reflection and meditation, speaking of the paths we have taken and who we have come to be. And so my utterings, alongside those of the two surviving sisters, have taken the form of a new book of sorrow, a bound collection of verses sung by their gods and delivered to their brood as scripture. Now I deliver it to my brood. Now I number among their gods. I ought. Spooky. Yeah. I like how this like really introduces it. And she actually like does a really good job as explaining what the cards are. Because I never I understood that they were just like, look at these like tarot cards. It's like you use tarot cards when you're a kid and you're like a girl in junior high and you're trying to be like kind of edgy. And so you're like telling people's fortunes while sitting like in the hallway during lunch with your friends. That's what we did at least. <laughs> Absolutely. I was totally yeah, that We all had girl. our hair dyed black and we had like a couple of earrings in, but like we didn't tell our moms that we had more than one, you know, God forbid. They found out <laughs> or that we like rolled our skirts up like when we got to school. So they'd be shorter because we could only have them certain lengths because Catholic school. But the the cards are curious objects. Esoterica manifested by by Eris's power and the tithes. So our tithes in her power together made the cards, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So like we like really just manifest. We like wish them into reality almost. It's like by the power of friendship. It's more like we willed them into reality. Yeah, but it's kind of neat that that's kind of what they're made of. I think that's cool. Yeah, no, I agree. The part that gets me is even Eris is weirded out by the cards. It says here, these cards unsettle me. I did not wish to be unveiled. So so like. On each of the cards, it's showing some kind of image, uh, just like a, a regular tarot card. Um, but it's of the hive, the remaining hive gods. And I think that's what Eris is referring to is the fact that she's being portrayed on these cards that just kind of got willed into existence. And not going to lie, that would unsettle me too. I was trying to find the transcript for. Um... Oh, where is it? 
For what? For the epilogue. Or not the epilogue, for the cutscene. So the last cutscene with Eris and Savathun. When Savathun comes up to Eris and she's like, oh, it looks good on you, honey. Because, like, Eris is, like, her full self. And Savathun keeps saying, like, this is the real you. Like, this is you transformed. Like, she keeps saying that. Yeah. Like, you're revealing your true self. She says stuff like that. I don't know what the actual thing is because I don't have the trans. I don't have the transcript in front of me. I don't think Ishtar has transcribed it yet. I don't think so either. They're super behind on transcripts. So it's just only like two people doing it. Oh, as an aside, if you want to do transcripts for Ishtar, they are always looking for people to do transcripts. So if you're good at transcribing things, like, please let Baxter know he would love to have you. Like, please. Seriously, <laughs> not even kidding. Anyway, back to this. So, like, she kept saying that, like, Savathun did. And that really leads me to what Eris says in this, like what you mentioned, that she didn't want to be unveiled. So, and even Savathun is like, this is the real you. Yeah. So she's seen as she is. But Leo, Zivu, Wrath, and Savathun are also unveiled. Like, dear devoted sisters, and I inchoate, but for the eyes I have stolen. So inchoate, meaning like new, because we looked it up. So inchoate, meaning just begun and so not fully formed or developed. So that's talking about her form. Yeah. So dear devoted sisters, and I, you know, not fully formed, but for the eyes I have stolen. I think my note on the side says new except for my high V eyes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, but maybe I could have said no, that a little bit better. Not, not, not wrong. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. Or at least technically you're not wrong. So when she says, now I deliver it to my brood, does she mean us? That's how I took it. She delivered it to the guardians. But she's now part hive. So would the hive also be her brood? Uh, so how does that work? She doesn't have any hive under her actually working to get her tithes. Because otherwise, like, yeah, um, I, I kind of liken her kind of like Hades in uh, Greek mythology. How like nobody really, you know, he, he wasn't one of the, the house gods or anything like nobody praised him for for anything but he was still considered a god you know yeah hades was his own deal right i mean he had like demons that worked for him the hades that i really know is from uh the documentary disney movie uh, hercules name is hades lord of the dead hi how you doing yeah. That's really the only Hades that I'm aware of with the flame blue hair. One of the better Hades, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, my God. That is the, one of the greatest Disney movies ever is Hercules. I love that movie so much. I loved it as a kid. <laughs> oh, is my, my hair, hair out? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. My God. Um, but no. So, like, yeah, he had he had demons following his command but like he wasn't or imps or whatever they but were he wasn't yeah. getting the the same praise that the other gods were receiving so like no he didn't have like temples in his name like right. they did right yeah he didn't have like a zeus temple 
Right. Like for the, people to like suckle at his feet or whatever. All the other gods were getting, you know, some kind of prayer or some right. kind of or offerings or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Hades did not. But he no. was still considered a god and of the same caliber as the other gods. Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of how I view Eris is that she's still a hive god because she's at that that power level. So, like, are we going to do the Dragon Ball joke or? I mean, it's over 9,000. <laughs> but. I mean, obviously. <laughs> So she's at that that same power scaling, um, but she doesn't have anybody under her giving her the the sacrifices that she needs, except for the guardians. So I'm mm-hmm. taking it as, you know, now I deliver it to my brood, the guardians. Okay, okay, I get it. And I might be wrong in that assumption because the next line is now I number among their gods. Well, see now is that. Are gods? Because like humans have gods. I don't know if they still do like thousands of years in the future and we all have godlike powers. At that point. I mean, we're like god kings of ourselves, kind of. Well, like at at that point, you know, our gods are simply just the traveler. But the golf ball isn't a god, though, and Zavala has realized that. I agree. I mean, are people and still Christian or Jewish in the future? Have they forgotten what that is? I don't think we have any confirmation of any religions in in the city age. <clears throat> I, I remember there being throwaway lines about the dawning and how it was just an amalgamation of like traditions from different cultures i mean honestly with so few people in the future they could have just put all of them together and been like this is what it is now because there's a hundred of you left like that's exactly it get to have religion anymore (laughs) this is it here's your golf ball in the sky and and that's exactly it like because of the dark ages people didn't focus on religion or anything they were just trying to survive they were trying to get through the forest and not die. Exactly. Like, I still keep thinking back to like Black Armory papers and like what Ada and all of them went through. Yeah. Like trying to escape. It's awful. Tragic. It is. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I don't know who their gods are. That's why I was wondering like, is it humanity she's talking about? You know, humanity and the Awoken and whatever. Or is it, you know, the hive? Right. And, and that's mm-hmm. that's why I brought it up, because how I took that first line contradicts the second line, unless we're saying, you know, she's somewhere in, you know, near the uh, the traveler's power tier, you know? I mean, maybe she is. I mean, it's possible. Because, I mean, like, Traveler sure isn't doing anything right now. I mean, it's gaping Travussi is just sitting open doing nothing it needs to pull its panties up (laughs) (laughs) yeah god damn it just flashing everyone like come on (laughs) all right should i continue on oh i'm gonna continue on this one's mine there we go Uh uh-huh okay this is entry two 
Sabathun, Amigo and Furl. Verse 8.2 The Witch We were the last surviving siblings. That's what this has always been about for Zivu Arath. She wanted us all to survive. She would throw everything she could at us so we could learn to survive. Didn't quite work, did it? My brother's greatest acts of navigation were his metamorphoses. That was his tactic. He would change everything about himself so that he could survive this universe. Meanwhile, my sister cuts the universe apart, makes it as sharp as she, until all that's left is her and her love. I'm a little bit of both. No need to choose. I don't have my brother's fear or my sister's vanity. Even in his infinite adaptability, Oryx could not withstand the Guardians. So, Zivu Wrath wants to prove she can by being as rigid and unyielding as she always has been. No need to fix what isn't broken. Overwhelming force, tactics, and intimidation. We are who we are, and we chose our morphs carefully. I wanted life. Zivu wanted vengeance and domination. Oryx wanted to venture out, deep in thought, and feed on the delicacies of truth. Well, he got what he wanted. Now Oryx knows death more intimately than any of us. No bringing him back. Poor Zivu's distraught. With all that war and ruin to hide behind, she thinks she doesn't show it. Deep down, she believes Oryx must have survived through their logic. She believes he'll be conjured back just like he conjured us. That was a long time ago. We've moved past that. Despite everything to come, I will live on, with and without them. Should I say that I miss my siblings? That I miss the times when the threats of death and short lifespan were still with us? When we piloted our needle, when we drove and became what we became? No. Sivu is a sentimental one. We are not who we were. Who we were no longer exists. I sound like my brother. Well, damn. Yeah. Like, this almost sounds like a, um... It's a diary entry. I, I was about to say a eulogy. Thought you were gonna tell me what a bad Yagoogalizer I am. A what? A Yagoogalizer? One who speaks at funerals? For Oryx? Yeah. But did you think I'd be too stupid to know what a Yagoogly was? It kinda is. Cause like, it's, it's talking about, you know, we're the last sur surviving siblings. My brother's greatest acts of navigation were his metamorphoses. You know, even in his infinite adaptability, Oryx could not withstand the Guardians. I mean, I wouldn't read it at a funeral, but that's me. But you're also not Hive. That's true. I just love the fact that, like, where was it? Uh, now Oryx knows death more intimately than any of us. That's so, yeah, that's so kind of shitty of her to say. It's very funny. Well, because, like, so 
the siblings the siblings had to to stick to their nature and mm-hmm. oryx was to navigate to explore and oryx decided to explore death and now oryx knows death more intimately than any of them well he did try to chart death and i mean he got the final death he just is super dead now doom pointed out that that line is interesting considering ghosts of the deep yeah they they tried to bring him back yeah i was trying to remember the brood name but i i can't at the moment but they try and and resurrect oryx as you know a hive light bearer and the the problem with that is that we know that's the case for the brood itself because they they lacked leadership aside from imaru well, we know that the boss in the end is an acolyte of Nocris. Yes. And we know Nocris is the necromancer. We've known that since, what, Warmind? Yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. Because, like, I, I'm specifically looking at it from the fact that, like, Savathun hadn't been rezzed yet. Mm-hmm. So all her, her... The Lucent Brood? That's it. Um... But no, all her thoughts about Oryx and Oryx's death and everything and, you know, possibly bringing him back, like none of that would have been written out or anything unless she pre-wrote it before Ghost of the Deep. Didn't we say in like the last episode that she was the one that was going to have all the binders of everything for Amaru yeah. that said like every single thing that she thought with every single contingency plan for every single thing? Oh, absolutely. She probably had an entire binder full of like in case Oryx like decides to come back. <laughs> probably open in case of Oryx. <laughs> well, and and it, yeah, like that 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 probably is how she handled it, and she probably put the the thought in in Maru's memory banks. So then he was sending Lucent Brood out to go find Oryx. I mean, it's it's all possible. But Savathun talks about her other sister as well. Meanwhile, my sister cuts the universe apart, makes it as sharp as she, until all that's left is her and her love. Because the way the god of war shows love is war. No, I, I think you're right on about this entry. Like, it, it sounds like a diary entry. It just sounds a lot more intimate than something that she'd be reading to somebody else. Yeah. Like, it sounds like, it really sounds like her inner thoughts. Like, this sounds like shit I'd be thinking about, like, when driving to work or something. <laughs> honestly. Like, this is just, like, inner brain thoughts is what this reads like. Honestly, she was probably saying all this out loud and letting Imaru just record it. And that's how we have access to it now. I mean, that's entirely possible because, you know, I don't know. Amaru is, you know our buddy now i i say that with the the most air quotes i can <laughs> right yeah like triple air quoting it like yeah uh-huh yeah i don't even know like how to even say that anymore than yeah the fact is imaru was working with us so like uh uh-huh. i really do too as- <laughs> As part of the the agreement, it might have been like, oh, hey, share some of what Savathun told you. Mm -hmm. And 
Eris found this entry and was like, this is mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> this is my anyway. recording now into the book. Yeah. I like this one. Like the difference between Savathun and Eris Morn is like so staggering. I feel like Savathun is so personable compared to her sister, who's just really shouty, and Eris, who is kind of an edgelord. I mean, yeah. she's a hunter, so that goes with the territory. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, hunters. I mean, if anybody tries to argue with you, like, just point them at the Guardian Games stuff. <sighs> it's so true. I don't know where the button is for Sassy's voice lines or I'd hit it right now. That's true, though. Yeah. Anyway, do you want to read the next one? Absolutely. And this is entry three. Zivu Urath. Battle Song. Verse 8-3. The Adherent. What I am, uttered by Zivu Urath, god of many shapes. I am the god of silence. I slit a hundred million wailing throats. I watch as their blood scatters like precious stones. Their screams turn to sighs. Their sighs turn to silence. I stand among the dead and listen to the absence of sound. I am the god of logic. I shiver in delight to speak the truth because speaking truth is good. I speak my brother's words, the words he cut from the worm god Akka's throat. I am the god of life. I pair dead things from truth and in this I find life that cannot be extinguished. I hold that life, nurture it by testing it against myself by removing the weaknesses that bring death. In this, I embrace life and all its strength. I am the god of love. Any life that can withstand me will be with me at the final shape. There, we will stand together. That life will know me, and I will know it, paired to our true shapes seeing each other for what we are. I am the god of all that exists. I have endured while others have not. I am the last surviving sibling. I will stand at the final shape and be the end. I will maintain my existence when nothing else has. I will stand alone. That makes me think of the cheese stands alone. The cheese stands alone. <laughs> I have the Dario. The cheese stands alone. I mean, yeah. I just really want cheese. I have like three baby bell cheeses in the fridge. Anyway, she thinks she's a lot of things. I don't think she is. I think she's being really dramatic. Oh, she 100% is. Like, I want to go with I'm the God of Love first. And then we can like go back to other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what? 
<laughs> I don't think so. I mean, yeah, like this is like obsessive love. D- don't don't you love by killing? No. Any life that can withstand me will be with me at the final shape. What kind of fucking love is that? It's like if you survive me, like our love will know no bounds. Like <laughs> what? Is this a cage match? And then if both of you are still alive at the end, then you love each other. The fuck is this? Like, I mean, yeah. And then she says paired to our true shapes. Again, it says true shapes. Just like how in the beginning, Eris Morn was like, um, I am seen as I am beneath my bandage, beneath my skin. Because she was unveiled that way. Yeah. I don't know. And even Savathun and the one before this one said Zivu is a sentimental one. I guess this does sound kind of sentimental. Also psychotic. It, yeah, no, it, it, it sounds sentimental in a psychotic culty way Mm -hmm. because it's, it's literally saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm the God of love. Anything that can survive me, I will love. Right. And that that just that sounds, yeah. Like Doom says, that's just the hive. Icky. I don't like it. Icky. And then she's like, "I am the god of all that exists." Like, bitch, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> right? No, I've endured yeah. while others have not. I am the last surviving sibling. Like, just wait until next season. Right. Um, I will stand at the final shape and be the end. You're not. I think the witness is the end. Like, I literally think you're not. Sorry. I think you're just going to end at like the end of the season. You're not going to end at the end of the game. <laughs> I will stand alone. You know, Callus thought he was going to stand alone also. Right. Everyone thinks they're going to stand alone at the end. What's going on with that? It boils down to ego. It must because, like, I, I have no further explanation for that. Yeah. Like, Callus had a huge ego. Yeah, he did. Zivu. I mean, like. Zivu is the, the hive god of war. So, like, she's got a big ego because, you know, she loves everything. But, you know, it just didn't, doesn't survive her. She loves everything with knives. Like, I get that yeah. you're sharpening everything to a point. But, like, you're not supposed to point the point in things. Like, Jesus. Yeah. And you know what? Can, can we take a couple steps back here? Are you going to talk about the worm god Akka's throat? No. I am the god of life. What? You can't be the god of life if you're killing everything. Right? That's not logical, that's, which you just said you're the god of logic and the one before that. That's, that's, it's more like she's the god of death. Like, they've, they've killed millions of people so like that's that's not life <laughs> oh she's the winnower dead ass that's what that is that's winnowing pairing so, dead things from alive ones is winnowing she's pulling the weeds from the alive stuff she's pruning back all of this shit so like the other stuff can grow so now do you think she was the one who communicated with eris in Shadowkeep? she could have been like, we thought it was Savathun. We didn't know who it was. Actually, I thought it was what we now know to be the witness. We but, don't know that. Yeah, it could have been Zivu Wrath. But yeah, like, 
I mean, we're drawing that that parallel now, and I'm I'm sitting here like, because the the line that stuck out to me was my man Oryx. I mean, like, if we're still going to go on that line of thinking, I hold that life, nurture it by testing it against itself, by removing the weaknesses that bring death. In this, I embrace life and all its strength. That is like the definition of winnowing. Yeah. Like the actual definition. If you're doing it with people and not, you know, plants like you're supposed to. (laughs) If you're doing godless people winnowing, you know, Geneva Convention winnowing, that's what that is. God. Like, kids, don't do Geneva Convention winnowing at home. War crimes winnowing. Yeah, war crimes winnowing is bad. Don't do that. But why does she... I can see why she wouldn't speak her sister's words, because her sister just speaks nonsense. Yeah. Because she doesn't I, speak the truth. Her sister just lies all the time. That's that's and, how I figured it. And she gets turned on by speaking the truth, because she shivers in delight to speak the truth. So speaking the truth makes you go, Ugh. and so she really likes it. I'm sorry. It, it just came out. So what does she mean by the words he cut from the worm god Akka's throat? I don't remember. If I'm understanding that correctly, she's talking about the power to take. So because she has that sword, that sliver of the sword, mm-hmm. and she knows how to take from that sword... That's the truth that she speaks because we know she knows how to take because she was going to take Asa. Asa. Yeah. So that's that's how I'm taking it is the fact that, you know, I speak my brother's words, the words he cut from the worm got Akka's throat. Well, Um. Oryx went to the deep, confronted Akka, and when he came back, he had the power to take. We don't know about anything else. Um. Like that entire exchange is just a blank spot okay so quite literally like anything could have been said all we know is the outcome apparently so this is from uh 28 the king of shapes verse 3 8 okay is where akka was um this is the coronation of oryx the taken king it happened thus In the cold abyss of the sword world, King Arash walked under a cloak of green fire. He walked through the sky and the sky shuddered and froze beneath his feet. He walked until he found Akka, the worm of secrets, who was denying a truth until it became a lie. Akka, my god, worm of secrets, I am Oryx, sole king of the hive. I've come to receive a secret. I want the secret power of the deep which you hold. I give no secrets, said Akka, whose voice was code. No, said Oryx, you give nothing. Giving is for the sky. You worship the deep, which asks that we take what we need. Akka said nothing, because if it denied this truth, the truth might become false. But you gave us your larva, the worm, said Oryx, and that is why the worm devours us now, because it was given, not taken. So I must take what I need from you, although you are my god." Said Akka, you have not the strength, but this is a lie. Oryx had killed Savathun, his sibling, and Zivu Arath, his sibling, and he had the sword logic of killing them. Oryx, the first navigator, set upon his god with his sword and his words and cut Akka to pieces and took from those pieces the secret of calling upon the deep. He wrote the secret on a set of tablets, which he called the Tablets of Ruin, and he wore them about his waist. 
Then Oryx said, now I may speak to the deep, the beautiful final shape. I will be the king of shapes. I will learn all the secrets of our destiny. His speech to the deep is not recorded here, but it is known that he returned. And he said, now I am Oryx, the taken king, and I have the power to take life and make it my own. Then he went out into the universe and fought the Ecumeni, Ecumen, yeah, Ecumen with his tablets and the worm God. Yeah. And the worm, his God was pleased. Those people. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's where it happened. That's how it happened. Yeah. And and I found it. it. But like, that's also essentially a Bible entry. And like it, it is. They're all Bible entries. It especially reads like it. It reads like he's fucking Moses, but does a murder. I mean, he's like murder Moses. That makes him hive Moses. It's like instead of a flaming bush, he just like stabs a dude. Yeah. yeah you're not wrong. And and that's that's what I'm I'm getting at is the fact that like the entry itself reads a certain way. It was written from Oryx's perspective. Um, so like certain things were omitted because Oryx doesn't want to give any of that information away. They're the hive. Like if you want well, the power, yeah. you have to take it. So he's not going to give the information. Well, no, you have to take it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the rules. It's the rules, baby. Uh, it's it's so culty, but that's that's the thing. Like Akka had a secret. Oryx wanted to know the secret. Akka wouldn't say it. So Oryx fought Akka. And after the fight, Oryx comes back with the power to take and the ruins of tablet or the, the tablet of ruins. Um, and we actually get to see those tablets in game too, specifically in the, uh, the Golgoroth encounter in King's Fall. It's the white mechanic in the back. I don't remember that seeing them in the game. The tablets, I mean. It was the thing that, like, as each person died, another letter or another symbol would start glowing. Oh, So, like, right. once it okay. got to five, everything was glowing. And then the next kill, or, like, when the, the fifth one activated, it was just, it was done. Okay. Or the sixth one, something like that. It was essentially the, the white mechanic. Okay. So, do you want to go to the next one? Absolutely. All right, here is the next one. This is entry four, our last episode for the episode, or last entry for the episode, last entry for the episode. I know how to English. Shut up. This is only the second time I've not been able to English. Be quiet. Uh, entry four, Eris Morn, Evocate Desire. Verse eight, four, The Harbinger. My vile transformation is complete. What was foretold? What was feared is now true. Eris Morn has given into the hive's endless hunger. She has taken up the mantle of a hive queen and leads vast armies of acolytes into war. Inevitable, unimitable. Who else but her? What else but this? Ikora believes my transformation was not necessary. It was. I hear whispers, but when do I not? They have been with me since the Hellmouth. This is what I am. It cannot be refuted or denied. This is the shape 
I have chosen for myself my morph, the Harbinger. Ikora believes I will martyr myself, but what martyr walks towards oblivion with a knife in hand? I will not go so serenely. In my morph, I am unafraid. In my morph, I wield fear, that earliest of fears, fear of devourment. Since we ourselves were prey, we have felt terror at the gaping maw, at the hunger gazing at us with delight. I have stared that hunger in the face. I have endured it for too long. Now I will be the predator. I will devour. I will instill that first fear. I hunger, but that hunger has always strained against the limitations of my lightless body. But here, in the Witch Queen's endless hypogeum, that hunger has bloomed. This part of me has erupted from my body as from the earth, like one of those obscene carnivorous corpse flowers. Dark cores swallowing sunlight, plush petals open to death. Ridiculous. Who would compare hunger to a flower? I do not wait passively for my prey. <laughs> no. No, it is a worm. A worm I have a desperate urge to feed. It can be nothing else. So we actually have a name for the morph that Eris took. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the harbinger. The harbinger morph. Yeah. Like Oryx took the king morph. Um, Zivu took the night morph. Mm -hmm. And um, Savathun took the mother morph. Mm -hmm. That in itself could mean that there's more out there. I feel like we talked about harbingers... Or something being a harbinger in an earlier episode. Uh, so they specifically used the word harbingers as a kind of a omen or a prelude to something. Um, they also have actual creations by the Awoken called harbingers. Um, the big. And I mean, like really recently we used it. I think I used it as talking about um, Eris specifically. You know, she's the harbinger of the hive or the, the harbinger of death for the hive. It was in purpose part two. I'm trying to remember purpose now. It was I just I searched for it really quickly. So this was in um, part five expectation. And this is when Zavala is sitting down at his desk watching Ikora pace and he is talking about falling out of love with the traveler. Yeah. And then saying the traveler is a harbinger of ill omen. So he says resentment towards the traveler. Savala grumbles. I'm not saying the traveler is at fault. <coughs> I'm saying it's a harbinger of ill omen everywhere. It's gone. Nothing but death has followed. Does it realize that? Does it care? He's not wrong. That's just like where I remembered it from because we were talking about it like a month ago or something. Oh, absolutely. So I'm like, no, I've heard this. I know this word. <laughs> we were just talking about it. <laughs> I just remember because like harbinger doesn't always have to be a negative connotation. I do remember talking about this because a suggestion that was online when I looked it up was that like it can be 
like a harbinger of a good thing coming. Yeah, it just means a a prelude to something. So like right. it could be used in a good connotation or a bad one. Yeah. Most of the time we hear it in a bad connotation. Right. Whenever I hear harbinger, the first thought that I have is the the awoken creations. Mhm. What they are is the void balls that Mara created in the Battle of Saturn. Right. The ones that were destroying the mini dreadnoughts. Oh, right. Yeah. Those are called harbingers. Oh, okay. And if I'm trying to remember. I don't, I didn't remember that. Because I, I think those are sentient to a, a certain degree. Mm hmm. I don't quite remember. Mm. Yeah. They're, they are mysterious entities used by super or used as super weapons by the Awoken of the Reef. They are described as trophies from an ageless war and are controlled by the Techians and Marasov. Oh. Though it seems that this control may be tenuous. Each Techian has her own harbinger and bonding with it is a part of their collateral damage. As a result, they cannot be deployed near allied forces or civilian populations. Uh, their use as weapons may be gravitic in nature. Oh. Um, during the Battle of Saturn, asteroids and tomb ships were drawn in after their trails, and they seem to be sentient beings. Uh, the Awoken would summon them in the spine of Karis to speak, persuade, and listen to them. And Shirochi remarks they whispered, Strange songs in languages we all felt we should know. That is really interesting. I did not know that. I had no idea. And I pulled that straight from Destinypedia. <laughs> yeah, the, the Awoken didn't create them. They just were able to harness them and, and they're able to summon them. Okay. So I know that the Harbingers also mentioned in the Exterus um, lore, which we haven't done yet. Um, and that is actually like mentioning her card, like specifically. Okay. And that's when she's doing her like own tarot reading. And like, we'll get to that one when we finish this book. We'll probably do that one next. But I think, um, the Harbinger is really interesting because she is kind of like an ill omen to like the end of Zivu Rath's kind of demise. Right. Like it's uh, really like the perfect morph to choose. And and it's it's funny because she's like it she's foreshadowing mm -hmm. Zivu's demise. Like it's it's right there. And it it's not specifically like she is not single handedly taking care of Zivu and and you know killing her outright. But she is the beginning of Zivu's downfall. At the beginning, she says Eris Morn has given into the hive's endless hunger. And it's like what was foretold, what was feared is now true. And I always in D1, like when we met Eris Morn, I was like, is she a hive? What's going on here? <laughs> like, because you don't really know. Right. And that's mostly because I'm an idiot. So <laughs> like, I was like a crucible rat, kind of an idiot. Like all I did was run around with a shotgun. <laughs> I don't know anything. So I just I saw her with her like creepy ass eyes and her rock on a map. And that's all I knew. 
And I was like, okay, the hive lady, neat. She's kind of edgy and wears a burlap sack. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to question it, but I mean, is she a hive? Maybe we'll find out later. I mean, now she is, but I was wondering when it was going to happen. Not like if, but when. Right. So that especially became an, a possible thought when uh, the dark future came out. Yeah, it did. Especially that one entry when it was like the power and not being in charge. It was like really she became like crazy with power. Right. To me, it's it's funny that looking at the breadcrumbs afterward, we're able to see Eris's progression and see exactly the trajectory and like it was always going to end up here. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like none, I I could not have imagined that she would actually have become, you know, taken on a form of her her worst enemies. Right. Now, I just want to point out something. She says, "But here in the Witch Queen's endless hypogeum, the hunger has bloomed." I don't know if you know what a hypogeum is. I do not. Okay. Let me tell you, I did classics when I was uh, doing my A-levels back at boarding school, which means I was a really boring person. (laughs) Um, A hypogeum is has it's like it literally means like underground um, or under the earth. And it's usually like an underground temple or a tomb. And it or it's like a series of tunnels. And so like a hypogee, there's a lot of them like under the Colosseum that holds like the slaves and animals before like the gladiatorial games, stuff like that. And and this is stuff that is designed to be underground and not just sunk because like the earth swallowed it. Right. Yeah, they're designed okay. to be there. They're like crypts. Okay. Crypts and tombs and shrines. And so, I mean, like Christians call them catacombs. Right. Greeks call them hypogeum or hypogea would be the. Um, the plural. The plural of it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just think of catacombs. Gotcha. Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So same thing in like pyramids also had them. But you can think of just like those like crypt rooms. Like, you know, um, you think of like uh, pyramids that have all of those like crypt chambers. Yep. That like hold bodies and like all the stuff. And then they have like a bunch of little tunnels running to them. Like those could be considered like hypogea. Okay. But like it would mainly like the one that I really think of would be the one under the Colosseum. That would just be like a bunch of series of tunnels and rooms and cages and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Neat. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also ones that like aren't for ritual purposes, but I think it's like pretty much anything that's underground that's like for moving around and shit that I think is like Greco-Roman. Okay. And from like that area, I think like Egypt is kind of included in that because like the Greeks were boning the Egyptians and vice versa. It, right. Yeah. Because, you know, they love doing that. And That's what that means. So the Witch Queen's Endless Catacombs series of tubes. Internet, if you will. Okay. And, yeah. and I mean, we've we've 
dove down into those as well. Yeah, I've been in her tomb. Oh, God. Her series of tubes. Savathun, show me your series of tubes. Oh, God. <laughs> Savatubes. Savatubes. I mean, she does say that there are coniferous corpse flowers there. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, Orchid, uh, shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my boss never telling me that she really likes F1 for the many number of years that we've worked together. The fuck? <laughs> like, excuse me? <laughs> I'm so mad about that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what a bitch. You want to see Savathu's carnivorous corpse <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I I have an F1 TV login. I, I watch all the races. Like, she like knows the names of like the team principals and everyone who drives and like knows that Charles Leclerc is really sad boy. <laughs> like, knows about Ferrari strategy. And I'm like, how do you know all these things? I am stupid. I am stupid. I switch off everything. <laughs> what? <laughs> what future am I in right now? Your worldview just like crumbled around you. I, I don't know what's happening anymore because like I talk about F1 all the time at work. And so unless she is like gaslight girl bossing me so hard right now and just went and learned like literally everything about f1 and then just like unleashed it at me for like half an hour like so super casually like she's just known it forever and i'm just like what is happening <laughs> <laughs> just like my entire world like tilted on its axis today and i'm still just completely just i don't know what's happening anymore <laughs> so Shout out to my world being destroyed. Elvis, what about you? <laughs> um, I'm just going to do a simple shout out to my brother. Um, he is a new dad. His his son is, uh, God, I think three weeks at this point. Yay! And him and, and my sister-in-law have been sending just updates of like the the weekly milestones at this point so we can track progress and that kind of stuff so it's it's been fun i'm so happy that. for them that's so great i'm so happy for them i am too yay new babies are so awesome anyway i have some special thanks for you the audio for this episode was produced by rindle zebus he is doing so much work for us right now special shout out to rindle Thank you, Rindle. You'll get so many shoes this year. Just saying. Um, you can find him on Twitter at RindleZevis. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock Me on Twitter. The music in this episode is copyright of Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators, but not their employees. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Here's some reminders. You can find us on Twitter and you can send us an email, leave us a review, join our Discord, find us on Ko-Fi, ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Thank you. 
Thank you. All those things. Oh, yeah. Holiday card. If you'd like one, let us know. Send us a DM on Instagram or Warhub or wherever. Twitter. Just make sure you, you send it to some somebody for the podcast. Yeah. I'm the one that checks our social media. So let me know. You can send it to me or you can send it to the podcast. Either is fine. Okay. That's about it. All right. Yeah. I wonder how Otter 841 is doing. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Did too. they ever catch Otter 841? <gasps> Otter 841 is still roaming free. Wow. As Fish and Wildlife struggles to capture her. No, that was from August 14th. What is she doing? <gasps> New update. Yeah. Otter 841, beloved mischievous otter who swipes surfboards, gives birth to pup. There are now two of them. Oh, God. Ah! A sea otter who captured hearts and surfboards this past summer has become a mother, according to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. <laughs> the sea otter, known as 841, rose to national prominence this past summer after reports and photos of an aquatic mammal harassing surfers and swimmers became national news. She's amazing. Uh, now she's making headlines again as images of her floating on her back with a small otter lying on her belly are circulating. Oh my God, they're so cute. <gasps> Holy shit, my life has uh, become so much better. Okay, shout out to Otter841 having a baby. This is the best. Oh my God. I, I love how the news articles call it 841 plus one. Uh, yes pretty much the greatest <laughs> oh my god this is the greatest the greatest absolutely oh my god apparently otter 841's mother otter 723 was captured after the monterey bay aquarium received reports that she was approaching kayaks <laughs> <laughs> so Otter 841's mom was going after kayaks, so she of course was going after surfboards. So like mother like daughter? Question mark. Makes you wonder about 841 plus one. 841 plus one is definitely gonna go after boogie borders. It's gonna be grandmother, mother, and baby all going after the same things this is so great i'm gonna put pictures of these on twitter and people are gonna be like what is happening you haven't tweeted in several weeks why are you putting pictures of otters up do you know what because i can that's it that that's that's everything i'm so glad i looked this up <laughs> i mean yeah <sighs> okay that's it uh i'll say goodbye 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 otters where'd they go uh, they're having babies out in the ocean. They're, they're going to swipe more surfboards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Bye. <laughs>